Yeah, I, I think that, so when it comes to like improving the process, it doesn't necessarily require automation. Uh, I, I typically tell my clients, do not even worry about automation until you've gotten the process right. Otherwise you're just automating a lot of bad, right? So I, I would say that removing the bottlenecks, getting rid of the variation, you can do all that without automation. This episode is sponsored by Link. Are you someone who passes out a ton of business cards expecting a follow-up? With traditional business cards, as many of you know, they get lost. We are changing the way that we connect with new people. This easy-to-use product is great for anyone. Link offers a line of products that let you share information instantly with the people you meet. You can build a page that contains your contact information, website, social media links, photos, videos, appointment scheduling, custom forms, and more, all shareable with just one tap of this smart device. It's an unlimited-use business card that you can change over time. The possibilities are endless. As an added bonus, if you purchase using promo code EMPOWERINGBUSINESSDFW, you will receive 15% off your entire order. Check the link in the show notes for more details. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Empower Business DFW Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Austin, and my guest this week is the founder and CEO of Processology. Processology helps business operate better by crafting processes and systems that deliver consistent and intentional results. Michael Wilson, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. And we we, we met, I guess, through a mutual podcast I guess previous podcast with uh, of Deidre, I believe it was, and yes. um, you know, you and I, I felt like we clicked right away. I love your message. I love what you're doing for the for the business community, and I'm excited for um, for you to be able to tell what you do because I think sometimes being a business owner, it's hard to navigate through all of these different pieces. So I think what you're able to bring um, as far as knowledge is going to help a lot of people. So thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited about it. So, well, if you don't mind, just let's kick off with the introduction. Tell us about you. Yeah, so like you said, Michael Wilson, uh, founder of Processology. Uh, it's kind of a funny story how I got where I'm at. Um, uh, I think we've talked about in the past. You know, me, me growing up um, from my childhood, I grew up around entrepreneurs. My father was an entrepreneur. I've got uncles that are entrepreneurs, um, but I didn't actually want to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> so. Um, I actually wanted to be an architect, and I love the idea of just taking someone's vision and turning it into something real. Um, and that just fascinated me to be able to create that. Um, you know, the turns in life and things like that, that didn't go exactly where I planned. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that I say in my bio is, is uh, I ended up being an architect anyway. It's just an architect of business processes. Um, so uh, essentially, I, I, I try to help businesses get what they have in their mind, those goals, those goals. Uh, uh, desires that they have for their business and how do we make that a real thing. Um, so yeah, so I've actually started about seven businesses, um, sold a few, a few of those, you know, hit the ground crashing. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, just kind of learning experiences throughout my career as an entrepreneur. Um, but 
for me, problem solving has just always been something I've always gone back to um, is, is just seeing how do we get what we want. And that's when the intentional processes came into play. Yeah. Um, and that's where processology was born. I mean, that's an interesting path that you've taken, right? You wanted to be an architect mm-hmm. uh, and now you're an architect of many businesses. And I think it kind of correlates with each other on how that process works, because as an architect, uh, you've got to start with the foundation. And yeah, you've got to make sure that foundation is is built correctly because if not, the entire structure falls. Yeah. Uh, and so for you to be able to dissect every business that you work with and really put in processes to make them uh, move forward in a positive way is a huge thing, right? Yeah, you know, I, I was actually that kid that took all his toys apart because I wanted to understand how they work. You know, so so that was one thing for me is I've, I've always been curious on how things, you know, how things connect together and, and how they function and things like that. So, you know, I, at a young age, I didn't see it, but I think it was a natural step for me. Yeah. Well, I think growing up with, you know, entrepreneurship in the family, and we hear this all the time on these podcast episodes that, Um, A lot of times it's the parents or the family members that are encouraging those thought processes about entrepreneurship. And, you know, we had uh, Jill Young on last week and she was, her dad was an inventor. Her mom was all about side hustles and she didn't know anything but entrepreneurship, you know? And I think a lot of times parents and and family members ingrain that in your mind, like this is Mm -hmm. what you're really meant to do. Yeah, you know, I I think for me, it wasn't so much like my, my, my father telling me that or anything of that sort. I just grew up seeing it and being a part of it. Um, but I kind of wanted a simpler life, to be honest. <laughs> so, you know, op- entrepreneurship is a very uh, complicated um, direction of life, right? It's a lot of up and downs and a lot of twists and turns. And it's not as a straight line as a lot of us would, would want it to be. Um, and I saw that as a kid growing up with my parents, you know, so... Um, but I definitely will say, uh, and I've said this before, I feel like once you get that entrepreneur bug, it's kind of hard to get rid of it. So once, once it bites you, it's pretty much, you're, you're pretty committed to it. So, so let's, let's sidebar this for a second, right? So yeah. you said early on, uh, you saw the struggles, not necessarily the struggles, but you saw all of the different things that go into entrepreneurship. And I think mm-hmm. um, sometimes when people can label themselves as an entrepreneur, that's just a a status name, right? And so Mm -hmm. walk us through that. Like, what were the things that you noticed really to bring value to the listeners who maybe are interested in starting a business or wanting to become an entrepreneur that they think it may be easy? You know, at an early age, what were the things that really stuck out to you about being struggling, being an entrepreneur? Yeah, it was really just the the sacrifice involved is probably the biggest. Um, it, It is a, it is being okay with failure. Um, for a while, you know, because it's going to take, you know, for me, I always say, you know, every business I have, I has led me to the business I have now. Like I could not have started with processology. Like it just wouldn't have been possible, you know? Um, so I feel like the, the sacrifices you have to take, you know, not being able to go out with friends, maybe not being able to take the trips across, you know, to another country and having to make sure I put my funds into my business, um, pay payrolls instead of doing things that I want to do, you know, stuff like that you got to think about. Um, and sometimes it, it's, well, I'm going to say a lot of times you have to make a decision that might be outside of what you want to do. Um, and so I tell people all the time, I think in entrepreneurship, you have to have a very strong um, mindset when it comes to what you need and what you want, 
right? Because we want a lot of things, but it's not necessarily what we need or what the business needs in order to be successful. So I just, that was probably the biggest thing is just being okay with that and not letting those types of things define who I am. Um, and what I mean is that failure doesn't mean that I'm a failure, right? So learning from that, um, because I think early on in, in my early entrepreneur days, that's how I feel like, oh, that business didn't work out. So maybe I'm not meant to do this or maybe I did something wrong and things like that. So um, I think it's just really um, exercising that mental muscle to be able to understand that that is entrepreneurship. You know, it's, it's very, very risky. Um, and it's actually funny. I tell people all the time, like, if you want easy, entrepreneurship is not the, the job for you. <laughs> so, Because it's definitely not easy. So Yeah, I mean, your episode... 36 of this podcast and I would say probably 90% of these episodes are that exact message like it's not easy you know it's there's not, there's long not. hours um you know and there's a whole debate of if work-life balance is really true for an entrepreneur because even though you're not working you're still it's still on your mind uh so on and so forth <laughs> you know I actually heard something because I used to be real big on the whole work-life balance thing and I heard something that nothing's ever really balanced Right. Sometimes you got to put more into the family time. Sometimes you got to put more in the business time. But the goal is to just try to keep it, you know, where it's not chaos. Um, and, and I think a big part of that is just growing a strong team. Um, as an entrepreneur, that's something I've also learned is that trying to do it all by myself. It's just not you can't grow a business that way. Um, and even if you can, as a sole entrepreneur, create a business that way, you have to really get creative, where, whether that's using systems or using people in order to figure out, you know, what happens if I get sick, you know, because if you're an entrepreneur and you get sick, that's stressful, right? It's extremely stressful if you can't operate your business. So in cases like that, what can I do and what can I put in place to prepare myself for that type of situation? So, yeah, let's stay on the entrepreneurship topic for a minute. And, and mm -hmm. I definitely, we're going to get into your, your business, but you know, I usually do these questions towards the end, but since we're here, let's stay yeah. here for a minute because you've gone through and you've had seven businesses sold mm -hmm. some some fail some work some don't uh, no. what what was it that you faced like what was your biggest struggle going through these seven businesses uh, ventures that you kind of were able to overcome and what was your thought process of overcoming those yeah I think there's a few things I think I think there's there's so much noise out there in the world of telling you do this do that that it was really kind of shutting a lot of that out and making a decision for myself. Um, of, I, while I think that the, that the information out there is valuable, um, I think that we get lost in this like strategy mode of planning, 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 and never taking action. Um, and I, I think that if you're constantly doing strategy and you're not ever taking action, then you don't have an opportunity to fail to learn if that makes sense. Um, and so for me, I've, I've tried my hardest to not fall back into that and just say, okay, are we doing too much strategy? We've talked about this 10 times. Let's, let's just do it, right? Um, so I would say that that is probably one thing. Um, the other thing is just, I think, just trusting your gut. Just, you know, it, it's, you're not always going to have all the information, there, right? Especially as a, as a small business owner, um, you may not have the budget to do what the big guys can do and go hire a team of people to do the research and do the planning. Um, but I would say now as a, a business owner where I'm at today, probably like if I had to give one piece of advice to any business owner, as I would say, start off knowing who your audience is. Um, because 
you would waste a lot of time and a lot of money talking to the wrong people, <laughs> right? That don't care, right? So um, I would say that that is like, even when people come to me for what I do, I'm like, if you don't know who you're talking to and who you're going after, you know, me, I help you build an assembly line, but if the factory is empty, then it's not, you know, it's not going to do much for you. Um, so I, that was one thing I had to learn because I thought, you know, what I think a lot of people think if you build it, they'll come. And that to me is just so far from the truth. Um, so, yeah. I think, no, I love that. And I think that goes right along with anything, right? So looking at this podcast, when I started it, I didn't think about the audience. Honestly, mm -hmm. I did. And I thought about how can I bring the most exposure to the guests that come on this show in yeah. reality, I should have thought about a lot of different things. And a year later, I'm learning all of this stuff. But I think that goes and correlates with any business venture out there. Because if you're trying to sell, you know, sandals to somebody who doesn't wear sandals, you're not yeah. going to move very many of those off the shelf. Right. Exactly. And yeah. I think the second part that you said was about taking action. A lot of times you'll reference someone's conversation in the past and they're always living in the what if phase like what if i would have started this like who knows where i would have been but yeah. taking action is probably one of the hardest steps to take in any venture let alone entrepreneurship yeah it, it's it's risky it's it's uh it's one of those what if it goes wrong right and and that's going to be you know whether you're starting a business whether you're investing in stocks whether, no matter really what it is you're investing in real estate it can go bad yeah. right um and you have to i, I actually you know i've said this before is that you have to be so obsessed with your path, your with entrepreneurship that people around you think you're crazy until you're not, right? Like, it's just, cause you're gonna feel crazy sometimes, you know? Like, why am I doing this? Or, you know, should I be doing this? Um, but I definitely think, you know, for me, like there's nothing, the, the good and the bad, there's nothing else I could see myself doing. So it's, it's uh, I just don't think, I'm, actually I remember years ago, like when I was around 20, I went and worked for Wells Fargo and the routine in that job drove me crazy. Like just the, the repetitive same thing every single day. I was a teller and I just, it drove me crazy. So I love the excitement, the good and bad that comes along with that. Um, and I think you have to, if you can't find joy in every part of entrepreneurship, it will be hard. So what advice would you have for someone who maybe is in that mindset that you've had a few times of, am I doing the right thing? Like, am I, should I even be doing this? Like, what would you, what advice would you have for somebody if they're thinking those thoughts right now? Um, I think the first thing is, is understanding on why you're doing it, right? If you're doing entrepreneurship because it sounds cool or because you just didn't feel like taking orders for someone else, then, you know, that's a little bit tough of an argument to do. But, you know, like for me with processologies, I truly want to help business owners. And I feel like what we offer is something that a lot of businesses don't have. Yeah. Um, I truly love solving problems. Uh, as far as entrepreneurship, I love the idea of being able to do something better than myself. Um, and, and what I will say is this, honestly, is that in businesses that I've started in the past, that wasn't always the case. Some businesses I started literally because, oh, this sounds like it's going to make money. <laughs> that, that was really the only like motive behind starting a business. And oddly enough, those are the ones that didn't make it, you know, so, um, because there was no real purpose behind it. So I think that if you're doing something that you feel um, is your purpose, is you feel that's your path, then I would say that you have to teach yourself how to not let that voice in your head trick you into giving up or trick you or even circumstances, you know, if 
it's, you know, maybe the revenue is not coming that you need. You have to get creative and figure out how to make that happen. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that's going to be easier said than others, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think that if you're passionate about it and you can't see yourself doing anything else, then there's no, there's no choice. If you ask me, <laughs> you know, like the only choice is to figure it out. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I think that's a lot of times where people get stuck and decide they're not going to even proceed any further on their business venture because they got stuck one time. And I think that kind of what uh, differentiates the difference between an entrepreneurship mindset and non, right? And, and you got to have that. Yeah, I mean, I think if you get stuck one time and give up, it wasn't your time to give it a shot in the first place. You know what I mean? Like you still have to, to, to figure that out. Just because I don't, most entrepreneurs, at least that most entrepreneurs that I know, when it got hard, they had to make that decision. Do I throw in the towel? Do I keep going? Now, don't get me wrong. I do think that there are times where on a specific venture or strategy or method that you use that you have to pivot. You have to, you know, it just that doesn't work. Um, but I don't think that necessarily means throwing in the towel. Like uh, a pandemic, think, right? Yeah, like a pandemic. I mean, there's so many, you know, I was just having this conversation the other day with uh, one of my mentors about how. You, you think like there's so many businesses that didn't want to go digital, didn't want to go Zoom. They're like, it's impossible. Our business can't do that. And then the pandemic happened. And now everyone's doing it. And working uh, from home. And working from home. And, and it's working. I mean, businesses are operating and, you know, you figure it out. So I think when you're put in certain circumstances, we adapt, right? So as an entrepreneur, you have to be able to adapt to certain things that are happening in the market, happening in your life, you know, those different types of things. I think the last piece of that is really stepping out of your comfort zone because there are going to be a lot of uncomfortable situations that you face, um, you know, and honestly, you can talk about it all day long, but until you're actually put in that position, um, yeah. it, it really kind of determines what that successful business looks like, right? And going back to this podcast, it scared the daylights out of me to even try to be in front of a camera behind a mic because <laughs> right. that's, that's not my thing. Like I've been in sales for 12 years. I can stand in front of a room of people and talk, but this, what we're doing here a year ago, I'd have been sweating bullets, you know, believe it or not me as well. Um, I've never been the, the business owner that wanted to be the center of attention. I never wanted to be the brand or the face. You know, I just, I like to strategize, I like to solve problems. That's what I like to do. Um, and you know, we just live in a world today where video and audio is key. Um, and so you kind of adapt. And I, and I think it's a good thing. You know, obviously, we're, we're able to put out things that we probably would never talk about otherwise in these different sources. Right. Um, and, and I think now more than ever is an opportunity for almost anybody to get their word out. Right. Because you can start a YouTube channel or a podcast and, and reach um, an audience. What, what I will say, too, though, about what you were saying a second ago is with comfort. Um, is it doesn't have to be a bad thing with comfort, right? Like even like the good, like doing interviews, speaking engagements, doing these types of things that you get invited to can take you out of your comfort zone depending on the type of person you are, right? For sure. So even the good, so if you are not okay being uncomfortable or not at least willing to push yourself past that uncomfort, um, it is hard, especially today, because you do have to, um, you gotta have to do things you don't wanna do. Yeah. You know? So yep. yeah. Completely agree. Well, let's dive into your business. Tell, yeah. tell us about Processology. What is Processology? Yeah, so Processology, uh, we are a process design company. Um, our, our goal is to help businesses improve the way they operate, um, primarily with intentional processes. Uh, and what, what I'll say is this. I, I try to let's use analogies 
um, is when you go somewhere that you've never been before, you typically will pull out your GPS on your phone and put the address in, and it's going to account for time and any type of you know traffic or accidents that are on the way, things like that, in order to prepare you for that trip so that you can plan accordingly. Essentially, that's what we help businesses do. Uh, is figure out what is the process to their goals, what does that path look like, or what are common challenges you're going to run into, um, so that we can figure out how do we navigate these. What does that customer journey look like, or what is that? Uh, experience even internally with communication and employees, what does that look like? So we're trying to figure out how to get rid of all the inefficiencies and the bottlenecks and things like that. And we do we typically start that off through what we call process discovery. Um, and then we push that into like process design, development, and documentation. Yeah, so walk us through that strategy. If, I, if I'm a business owner and I don't know where to start, what yeah. does your process look like from maybe a start through finish? Yeah, so the big thing is most businesses are operating with their processes are in their head, right? Like everything's inside their head. And uh, uh, we actually have this example on a, on a blog post of ours. You know, if I if I ask you, hey, can you go make me a cup of coffee? You're going to make it the way that you want to make it come up, right? And that, I might not like that way. Um, so if I give you instructions on, hey, this is how I like to make a cup of coffee, then you can make exactly what I want. And it's going to be the way that I expect it if you follow those instructions. So the first stage with us is going to be discovery. It's all about getting the process out of your head down on, uh, typically it's going to be a rough version, like on a digital whiteboard or an actual whiteboard, where we're just getting it out, landing out to understand what the as of the state is. Then the design is more of the improvement stage where we're trying to figure out, okay, why isn't this working? Where are the problems coming in? Where can we measure the process? Things like that. And we're trying to find where that opportunity is of root causes that are holding a company back, whether that's in sales, HR, accounting, finance, no matter where it is in the business, we're trying to figure out what's holding that position, what we call core systems, what's holding that core system from being its best. Um, and so then from there, once we figure out what those improvements are, we're going to development where we actually will help you typically with like a client management system or email marketing softwares, automation softwares, things like that, help you implement those improvements. Then from there, we go into documentation. That's all about creating the documentation so that your team actually has something to reference on how you want the process executed. That way we can remove variation and get the exact same result every single time. As you're, as you're walking through your processes, I'm thinking like if I were a business owner right now and I'm, I'm running, you know, especially a smaller business, right? Um, you're looking at, all right, I've got to do all of these, whatever product you're selling or service you're selling, you're doing all of this, you're selling, you're, you're doing the product. And then yeah. everything that you're saying is stuff that needs to be done that right. is oftentimes overlooked. And yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's interesting just hearing you say all of those things like that is such a critical piece of the puzzle that goes into play as far as, you know, having a business and a mm -hmm. lot of times those those things we were, I was talking to somebody last week and we were just on the topic of social media, like how many businesses out there don't even have a social media presence. And I think they're starting to realize that shift because of the pandemic of you had to be visible because if not, you're going to you're going to fade away. Yeah, it's you know, I, I typically explain it like this. It's. We live in a world like if you're imagining yourself in space on the space station right now looking at Earth and you see the millions of lights at night, that's the internet and that's the business. You can't tell one light from the other light, right? Like it's just so much and it just looks like this, this you know, land of lights and you don't know who's who. So it's like, how do you stand out in that, right? 
And there's so much competition online. Everyone's trying to get the number one spot on Google. Everyone's trying to get the get somebody to click on their social post. Yep. Um, and and I think that you know at least for me, like I, I tell people all the time, and it, I, I personally do not like marketing. <laughs> so um, not because um, like I love the process side of marketing, the operational side, but not the actual marketing because it does take a lot of testing and a lot of uh understanding you know the way people work on social media and understanding what those different you know platforms are so it's a big process inside itself even with ourselves it's a lot of okay what are the best social sites to post on what type of content what do they care about right um there's some industries where doing a TikTok works perfect and there's some that it doesn't you know so um so yeah it's just trying to figure those types of things out but even there, you have a process, right? Yep. Like, how do you approve a social post? Um, how you know? How are you going to actually post that information? How do you plan for that? So on and so on. Um, yeah. So it's definitely processes everywhere in everything that we do. <laughs> so. so out of all the processes, aside from obviously the most critical is taking those thoughts in your head and putting them on your whiteboard, right? That's yeah. Well, you need to, you need to be able to see them. So right? secondary to that. What would be the next most important step? I know you've got a series of, of things that you do, but like if you're thinking about looking at your processes from the outside looking in, there is mm -hmm. one that really sticks out to that process. What what would that be? Um, it, it's going to be the so the biggest part of any process period is the goal. What are you trying to accomplish, right? Because if you don't know what the target is, you're just going to be operating, right? So um, and in you got to be operating in different directions and things like that. So it's definitely about what is the goal, what is the target. Um, so typically, after we go through that discovery phase, we want to determine what is it that this process is actually meant to do, and is it even doing it? Yeah. Um, and if not, what can we do to make it happen? Yeah. Well, there's probably a lot of business owners listening right now. Like, man, there's so much that I didn't think about, and just business ownership, just in general. Um, can be very taxing, right? There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot going on, a lot you need to do. So in your opinion, what would be the most critical um, thing that every business needs to do to really become successful? Uh, yeah, so I think they need to figure out how to make it easy for everyone. Um, and what I mean by that, if you look at all of the successful companies, you look at the Ubers, you look at the Amazons, the Googles, um, all of these major companies, one thing that they've done really well is that they've made their process to where it's extremely easy for a driver to go and get a gig and by taking someone from point A to point B in two seconds by turning on their cell phone. It made it where it's two seconds for me as a rider to find um, a driver to get me from point A to point B, right? They've, made, they've simplified the process of dealing with payments so that it's safer. I don't have to deal with cash. Everything's done electronically. Um, even if you think about fast food, like McDonald's and things like that, they've made it really easy for you to get a meal if you want to. So I think you really have to think about how do I remove the complication, not only for the client, but also for us to deliver our product or service. Um, and I, I think you're seeing it every day. These, the billion dollar companies that you're seeing, they have spent a lot of time ask, answering the questions. How do we make it easy? How do we remove the friction that it takes to work with us? Yeah, on that though, I think sometimes as a business owner, you look at a McDonald's and like, you know what, if they go to this complete automated process, mm -hmm. you know, and, and something happens and they lose a customer, it it's not necessarily the end of the world, right? They'll they'll recover pretty quick. 
Mm-hmm. But if they're they're a generation that they don't like change, there's a lot of things that their technology is really not their friend, right? Yeah. And they're, they're afraid that if they make this transition from automation to letting um, all of these processes really take over instead of everything being manual, that sometimes mm-hmm. scares a lot of people away. And, I mean, what would you say to a business owner that's really on the edge of, like, even hesitant pushing back about any technology? Yeah, I, I think that, so when it comes to like improving the process, it doesn't necessarily require automation. Uh, I, I typically tell my clients, do not even worry about automation until you've gotten the process right. Otherwise you're just automating a lot of bad, right? So I, I would say that removing the bottlenecks, getting rid of the variation, you can do all that without automation. Now, what I will say is that it's all about improving efficiency so automation is one way to do that. It could be just having more than just yourself in your business, right? It could be that you need to bring on help. It could be that you need to outsource some of the work to, um, to be able to manage more clients, to improve capacity, things like that. Now, as far as automation and online go, I do think that's just the future of where we're going. So, you know, just like when you think about something like Blockbuster or something like that, you have to, you have to be able to pivot in the way that your industry may be going. Yeah. Um, so if your competitors are all automating, I think it will be really hard to keep up if you're not doing the same. Yeah. Well, you've, you've been doing this for quite some time. You know, what is, what does the future look like for processology? What are you hoping to, to get out of it? Yeah. So we're constantly asking ourselves the question, how do we make this easy, right? How do we make it really easy for people to work with us? Um, right now in processology, we work with clients probably in about eight to 10 different countries we have clients right now. Um, and, you know, my vision is I, I have what I would call a limitless mindset where I'm just like, you know, I want to work everywhere. I want to have clients in every country. Um, and for us, it's really right now, I'm really in the focus of growing my own team. Um, you know, I, I really want to try to help as many people as I can. Um, and we're, you know, listening to our clients, trying to understand what they're saying. And we're taking an inbound marketing approach where it's like, how can we give value to people? How can we educate on this? Because I do think, you know, I always say processes are not a sexy topic, um, but they're a necessary topic. Right. So how do we help educate business owners that never even considered their business processes before, um, or even larger companies that are, you know, there's so much chaos in other areas that they don't feel like they have the time to focus on those foundational things like processes. Um, so I think when we help educate people on the value of what a process can bring to your business, and what it actually is, you start to realize it's everywhere. It's how you get your kids ready for school. It's how you get to, well, you probably not get to work now, but it's how you know you do your morning routine and things like that. Um, and so if you're if you start to plan that out and be intentional in the way that you do things, you will start to see the results that you want to see. Yeah, I'm I'm just thinking back to everything that I do on a daily basis where I do have a process in place. If I don't have that process, I'm all over. Like, I think everybody's that way. And when you when you th- take a step back and you think about your life and processes and then try mm-hmm. to put that into a business format, yeah, it can get messy really quick. It can. It, it absolutely can. Because there's, you know, it's everything. When, it, when being an entrepreneur, I feel like everything is urgent, right? And, I mean, that's at least how most people feel. Like, there's just everything needs to get done. Um, and that's not necessarily true, right? You have to prioritize, but... It's one of those things when you start to think about processes, like 
you just you think about one and then you start to discover because you start to understand it. And the next thing you know, it's like, wow, I have a lot of process I have to fix and that gets overwhelming. Yeah. And I'm just going to go back and do it the way that I was doing it. Um, but I think for any business that wants to scale, it is necessary, um, especially if you are a, a small team or sole entrepreneur and you want to expand your team. You have to be able to document how your business should be operated so the next person coming in can be the best possible at that job for you. So, yeah. Uh, to simplify things, and I was listening to your episode with our, our good, good buddy, James Thorne, and you used the oatmeal analogy that, <laughs> yeah. that if you're thinking about processes, thinking about how you make your oatmeal, right? If you don't make it the right way, and you said you wrote a blog on this. There's a blog with some pictures and everything. <laughs> and so simplify simplify your business a little bit. And if you're putting the the oatmeal in the microwave without putting the water, it's not going to taste the same, right? And if you add too much water, not enough water. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, it's definitely one of those things where, you know, it's it's if you look on the pack of almost anything you buy from the grocery store, it gives you a process on how to cook it. And more times than not, if you don't read that process and follow, you know, the temperature of the oven set, what they said the oven should be on, or how long it needs to be in there, it's most likely not going to turn out the way it looked on the box. Yeah. Right? So, um, so if you want to get those results, um, those that desired result, you need to make sure that you follow the process. It's, it's really that simple. Um, and like I said, we see it in everything that we do. You know, if, if you're on the freeway uh, going to work on a routine and you leave five minutes later, you can hit 30 minutes more traffic. Yep. You know what I mean? So definitely that variation can have huge effects on your business if you're not paying attention to it. Well, going back to the food and now everything has instructions on it. Even though it has instructions on it doesn't mean you should try to do it by yourself. <laughs> right? No, no. Actually, I have a, uh, uh, so I, like I said, I like to use analogies because I like to simplify this whole process thing. I talk about how you could have really, if you're, if you're cooking something, you can have really good uh, ingredients, but a bad cooking process and it's going to turn out horrible, right? Or you could have a really good cooking process or bad ingredients and it's still going to turn out horrible. Yeah. So that's the whole input versus output in, in, a, in a business process. Yeah. So what does Processology have now that you want to let people know about anything new coming out, any thing going on? Yeah. Um, I definitely would recommend subscribing to our blog. Um, that's just going to be at blog.processology.net. Um, we're constantly putting content out to try to help businesses um, learn what they can do, different types of insight. Uh, we have tons of resources online that you can often to help you improve your process. They're absolutely free. Um, so yeah, I would definitely just say explore our website, uh, look at the resource center, check out the blog. Um, and yeah, I think, I think there'll be huge amounts of value there. Yeah, for sure. And I was looking through that blog when we first talked about getting on you on this podcast and there's a ton of content on there, whether it's blog form or video form or whatever. So for the listeners, go in and check that out, you know, going back to the architect analogy, right? Strong foundations are a key part to any, um, part of business, right? And so sometimes it, it goes into, stepping stones throughout your career where people have been involved in that, right? Building that strong foundation, strong foundation around uh, you. So who are some people in your life that's really helped you build that strong foundation to get to get you to where you are now? Yeah, I would say um, a lot of that is just, you know, mostly friends and family throughout my life that have been comfortable enough to be honest with me. Um, and and I, I definitely think that that is um, something that you have to create a safe environment for people to blend in. Yeah. 
us, right? Because a lot of times people in our lives want to beat around the bush and they don't want to hurt our feelings. And, you know, the way I feel about it is that if you have something, if you're not being honest with me, you're not setting me up for success, right? right. Um, so I, I would definitely say friends and family. Um, I, I have a couple of mentors that I work with um, that, you know, give advice here and there when I need it. Um, but I, I would say that and just my team. I, my team is really good. <laughs> so with with doing the things that we need to do and being able to bring ideas uh, to the table, I'm, I'm one of those people that I'm always like, you know, I tell my team, it's okay for you to tell me that I have a stupid idea. <laughs> so, you know, um, and the reason why I said that, because sometimes people feel like, oh, well, you're the owner. So we're not, we're just going to let you say what you say and we're just going to roll with it. And I'm like, but is that best for our clients? Is that best for our company? If not, we need to have a conversation about it. So yeah, I, I would say for me, um, it's definitely been everyone that is still in my life. Uh, like I said, my team, mentors, and things like that. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the blog earlier. Where are some other places that people can find you? Um, so I am primarily going to be on LinkedIn. Um, that's probably where you have the best chance of reaching out to me if you had a question or something. Um, if I'm looking to just burn off a little steam, I'll probably jump on Instagram. But other than that, uh, that's really the only two places that uh, I am probably engaging the most. Um, we are looking right now just in the business in general trying to get our YouTube to do it a little bit better. So we're going to start investing more in a video content as well. Cool. Um, yeah, that's where I would say. And for the listeners, I'll put all of Michael's uh, links and contact in the show notes of this episode. So you can reach out if you do have any questions for him or you want to join him through this process of building your business. So one final question. Okay. Uh, it's a question that I like to ask because everyone can define this as something completely different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the term success, right? Everybody has a different opinion. Everybody has a different definition. So if I were to ask you, how would you define success? What would you say? Um, You know what? Success for me is freedom of choice. You know, um, I I used to think success was monetary um, back in my younger days. But I would say for me, it is definitely um, freedom of choice to do the things that I want to do. Yeah, love that. Michael, it's been fun. Thank you for joining me today. It's been uh, been a blast chatting with you and getting to know you. And I look forward to our next conversation, no matter when that is. Yeah, absolutely. It's always great to kind of think back from the start because then you realize how far you came. You know, sometimes you feel like we didn't come far, but when you look back, you realize you've actually been through a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so we've gotten through a lot. So 100%. Yeah. All right, Michael, I appreciate it. that wraps up this episode of the podcast and thank you for tuning in this week if you enjoyed this episode make sure you subscribe so you get notified when a new episode releases every week and if you are a visual person feel free to check out the youtube channel do you want to be a guest on the show if you do send me an email to empoweringbusinessdfw at gmail.com and as always thank you for listening stay well and god bless